Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Join us every week on the Prestige TV podcast feed as your favorite ringer hosts like Bill Simmons, Van Lathan, Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Julia Littman, and many more cover the latest episodes of your favorite TV obsessions. From boardrooms to throne rooms to courtside and through the mushroom apocalypse, we'll be here throughout the week breaking it all down. Subscribe to the Prestige TV podcast feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Friday edition of East Coast Bias. Joe House, Raheem Palmer, yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski, as we get set for game number four of the NBA Finals and Let's give our guy Joe House a little credit. Let's give our guy Joe House a little love for the way he was able to nail game three across the board. Never in doubt, never in question, House. A layup for the Nuggets, a layup for you across the board, and uh, salute to you. That's where we start. It was just the square bet. So sometimes the square bet hits, you know, the tickets and the money were all on Denver. But at the end of the day, the version of the Nuggets that we saw in game three is a different version of the Nuggets than what we've seen in other games. But that is the Nuggets. It's why they're the better team. It's their ability to be versatile. It's their ability to win a variety of ways. It's their ability to focus, to bear down. They were disappointing is the polite way I'll put it. In game two with their defense and their focus, disappointing. That's the word. I won't won't use anything harsher than that. Game three was an entirely different story. And, of course, the three-point variance out of the Miami Heat, you know, it it lands how it lands. That's what happens when you're a high-variance team leaning heavily on a a, a particularly high-variance team uh element of, of of success so um game 3 kind of went the way in a big picture context some of us thought the series was going to go and so it made a little bit of sense that's all i'll say jj 
Listen, well said, well played. Now, Raheem, I felt like Miami's bad offense and their inability to go and hit a three-point shot led to a lot of bad defensive possessions that you saw from the Miami Heat where Denver was able to get offense with ease. Are you putting a whole lot of stock in what you saw in game three? And do you sense that correlation going into game four? Or is it the Heat? And you almost look at it and say, listen, you almost got to go game to game with this team because they've been a game to game kind of team the entire postseason. I think there's been one constant throughout this whole series. And the constant is Miami can't stop the Nuggets offense, period. When you look at throughout this series, the Nuggets have a 119 offensive rating. They scored a 114 offensive rating in game one, 125 offensive rating in game two, 127 in game three. So that's the constant throughout this series. And it's a matter of if Miami is going to be able to hit their threes, they can keep up. And without that fourth quarter where Miami had a 180 offensive rating and made every single shot and Duncan Robinson just went off, we could be talking about a sweep right now. So I don't want to say this series is over. But I just think the Denver Nuggets, they have more paths to win. And, you know, a lot of those paths are their offense or the fact that they're dominating on offensive rebounds. I mean, they out-rebounded Miami by 25 in game three. So I think Miami is fighting an uphill battle. But we all know the three-point line is the great equalizer. And that's something Miami has to get straightened out, boys, going into game four if they're going to find a way to win. And listen, we could spend hours, House, waxing poetic of the brilliance of Mr. Jokic, who had one of the more insane NBA stat lines that you're ever going to see. 32, 21, and 10. Yeah, I said that with a straight face. 32, 21, and 10 for Jokic. You got a great game out of Murray giving you 34. But to me, and I want to make sure I don't pull a Jeff Van Gundy here and confuse Brown and Braun because that was Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. I even heard P.J. Carlissimo today on the radio doing the exact same thing. How about the performance by Braun, the Kansas kid? To me, you think about X-Factors, House. Listen, the two big dogs showed up for the Nuggets, but to get that sort of play out of Braun, especially late in the third quarter into the fourth quarter, when Michael Porter Jr. is giving you nothing and you didn't get a great game out of Colwell Pope, that's the sort of thing that takes Denver in some ways to like another stratosphere, you know? It's literally the big picture handicapping that we sat and kind of went through um, as we assessed how this thing might go down, which was recognizing the superior depth of of Denver and Denver's ability to bring different skill sets to the fore at different sort of you know times as required and as needed. I mean, are we sure? I thought it was Brown. Don't we call him Christian Brown? Doesn't he want to be Brown? <laughs> I always thought it was Braun. Maybe it, maybe well, it, it says is Braun. Braun I don't know. But he wants to be Brown. I think it's Brown so Brown. Wants, so he wants to pronounce this Braun. I oh, think so. What do I know? I, so I'm the one getting it wrong. So I apologize to Jeff matter. Van Gundy and PJ Carlissimo and all those guys. Because I thought, I'm like watching the game saying, they're getting his name wrong, guys. Come on, let's get his name right. We're all getting it wrong. But, you know, that, that he's in the absolute very best position he could possibly. Like any rookie would dream of being like on a team like this with a distributor like the Joker with a with a institutional kind of organization like you know a framework that that permits you to go be the best version of yourself and the reason that the Christians getting these minutes is because MPJ is having a down series 
He hasn't like found himself, and he's you see you see him sorting it out. He made plays last night that I thought were like more in the in the direction of winning plays. I'm talking about Michael Porter Jr. Again, only like 21 minutes or whatever though, because there's a confidence issue going on with him, which is another reason that I'm going to keep betting his overs. <laughs> At some point, it's going to catch. It might be back in Denver. It might be Game Five back in Denver, and we we cash some big money on some big overs for MPJ. But the Brown thing, or Braun, depending on our perspective with Mr. Christian, it's just the opportunity and him seizing it and jumping right through opportunity's window because it could be anybody's turn uh, with, with the Denver Nuggets. That's the point, and that to me is the reason that I feel still pretty good that the idea of us you know, jumping in on, on Denver winning this series is the right notion. Yeah, I, I lean towards Denver at this point, and I, I just think, like I said before, Denver just has more paths of winning the series and winning games in the series. And Miami hasn't slowed down their offense. And the fact that you have a guy like Braun absolutely step up when Michael Porter Jr. is, is struggling. He's one for seven from the field, 0 for two from three. They only played him 21 minutes. And they were able to bring in Braun and have him be able to do what he has to do in order for them to win that game. It says a lot. So um, we did get a Reggie Jackson sighting, which was, you know, very shocking for me. I, I love dropping that in the with- chat, by the way. I was so excited. I was so excited to drop that in our group chat when I saw Reggie Jackson coming to the game. I'm like, whoa, Reggie Jackson and not Mr. October. Yeah, I, I was shocked to see that. But I just, um, I don't want to say Miami's drawing dead because we all know the three-point shot is the great equalizer. But I think they're fighting an uphill battle. Well, boys, I'm very proud of myself because I had Miami plus two and a half games at the start of the series. I was able to get in on Denver at minus one and a half games at plus money. So here's what I need. I need one more freaking Miami Heat win. Cockroaches, you got one more win in you. That's what I need. I can't have this bad boy over in five. I know House might have a Nuggets in five ticket. Sorry, House. I don't need that. Podfather might have a four or five. He's not getting four. Hopefully he's not getting five. That is kind of my like ultimate, listen, I'm winning in this series no matter what because I got a couple of futures either way, but that's a way we can get that much more greedy. When we come back, speaking of getting greedy, it's time for the 100. Game four edition, we'll have the line, we'll have the total, we'll identify what props you've got to identify. I hope we can talk house out of maybe some Michael Porter Jr. props, even though those numbers are continuing to plummet as we speak, but the 100 is up next. It's almost time to crown an NBA champion and FanDuel wants you to be a part of the excitement because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, game four, I don't need the points. Miami has been a tough team all year. They have been a resilient team throughout the postseason. I think they have one more moment in them. I think they will win game four on their home floor. I don't need the three and a half. I'm taking the Miami Heat to win outright. And I think it's going to be a big Max Struess game. Taking Max Struess to have three plus threes. It was hot in game two. I think it'll be hot in game four. There are many things I love betting on FanDuel. Great promos every day. The app's safe and secure, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the finals action and on America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers. And get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash gamblers. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. 
that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IN Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. In Massachusetts, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So we have a line, of course, for game four of the NBA Finals Friday night down in South Florida. The Nuggets up two games to one. Three and a half point favorites against the Miami Heat. Denver's minus 162 on the money line. Miami on the money line is at plus 136. The total in this game is 210 and a half. And a little friendly reminder, we will have a glorious same game parlay on the FanDuel Sportsbook website. Uh, you want to check that out. All of the minds will be a meeting and we'll have you covered every which way for game four. But it is now Raheem's time to shine. It is hundred time, Raheem. We're running out of time on the hundred. It's hard to believe because it is game four of the NBA finals. That means this NBA postseason run about to come to an end. Hopefully not too soon, but the floor is yours, sir. Take it away. Okay. We are now 53, 40, and one plus $802 after our two wins in game three of the NBA Finals. We had the Denver Nuggets under 214 and a half. We had the Denver Nuggets first half under 110. Now, you guys know I have not played a side this entire NBA Finals. I haven't played a side. I, I just wasn't confident. I did lay Nuggets minus one and a half for the series price, but I never played a side this entire Finals. So I'm going to play my first side. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets minus three and a half. And I'm also going to play the Denver Nuggets team total over 106 and a half. Like I said before, there's been one constant throughout this series, and it's the fact that Denver Nuggets are scoring at will. Offensive rating of 119 in their non-garbage time minutes. And they show no signs of slowing down. When you look at how big they are, their height and their length, they're using it on the offensive end of the floor. They're shooting a whopping 48 of 65 at the rim, shooting 74% at the rim per cleaning the glass. And they're taking about 32% of their field goal attempts at the rim. So you look at this Denver Nuggets team throughout the postseason. They have a higher offensive floor than the Heat. 
Like, that's the bottom line. They've gone over 106 and a half in 16 out of their 18 postseason games. So the way I see it is that win or lose, Denver's going to score some points. So I'm going to take their over 106 and a half. And I just think Denver's the better team at this point. So I think at bare minimum, you should be able to get a split. When you look at the fact that Denver is dominating on the offensive glass throughout this series, I mean, you look at game three, they had a 30% offensive rebound rate. And the biggest thing that, that, that makes me want to take Denver here in game four is that the Heat, they're coming off a game in which they lost by 15 despite turning the ball over four times while the Nuggets turned it over 14 times. So you can't expect the Heat to just go through another game where they just turn the ball over four times. That's not sustainable. Obviously, they're going to turn it over a little bit more. And, you know, even if they do shoot better, they still have to slow down this Nuggets team. So, and it feels like Denver, they really, we haven't even really seen their best performance. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell-Pope, they're still struggling from behind the arc. So those are our two picks for the hundreds. Denver Nuggets team total over 106.5. Denver Nuggets minus 3.5. Raheem going with the Nuggets. Raheem going with a team total over. Um, House, in this direction, in the sense of a total. I see the game totals at 210.5. I think Miami's going to be much better on offense in this game. Much, 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 much better on offense in this game. And I think we're going to have points because I think to Raheem's point, Miami has struggled with the size of Denver. They have struggled to slow down Denver in all three of these games in this series. And I think Miami is going to be much better on offense. Two ten and a half. Can I get you and entice you to go and play an over? JJ, don't be mad at me. I don't like to answer a question with a question. That's why okay. do you <laughs> why do you think Miami's going to be better on offense? What makes you because think they're going to be better? I'm I'm going to tell you why. Number one, it can't be any worse. It could not be any worse. They were as bad as can be. I, 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 I disagree I, with you. I don't think they can be worse offensively. First of all, shooting the basketball, they're going to be. I mark my words. They will shoot the ball much better than they did in Game Three. I am fairly confident saying that. Very very confident. Just on a, on a regression basis. Because they have I think to? They're gonna shoot. Well, I think it's their MO, right? That's what they've shown you this entire postseason. Bad shooting night, usually so they respond with a good shooting night. You're not giving Denver any credit for getting their coverages fixed up a little bit and getting out well, there Well, I'm going to give contesting. them credit. Listen, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, that's totally fair. And I give Denver credit as well for responding to the head coach who basically called out their effort after game two. And some teams would not handle that well at all. Mike Malone clearly knows his players. Give him a lot of credit because he went via the media. He said, boys, your effort was crap. It was pathetic. It's the NBA Finals. It's time to show up. They showed up in a big way. But from a Miami standpoint, Miami hasn't responded uh, to adversity house. That's what they've been doing this entire postseason. I just feel like from an offensive standpoint, they are going to be much better. Yeah. So I, I, I the, the reason I tortured you in that way, and I want to hear Dream on this, is because I'm I really kind of am leaning towards betting the under in this game, and the reason that I'm in 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 that you know I'm leaning that way, there are not enough possessions in these games. Like the, it's it's amazing how few possessions there are between these two teams, even with you know the offensive rebounding rates and so forth. They're playing at a pace that is you know f- especially for Denver. Like Denver, we can see play super fast if they want to or play slow. And for whatever reason, they've been in this pretty slow mo. They've let, you know, um, the, the, 
you know, the, the pace that Miami seems like pr- they prefer be the prevailing pace. So dream, I, 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 I understand where JJ is coming from. I don't even really want to, uh, uh, you know, argue against it. I don't have an argument against it, but I, I want to make a case for an under. This is the, the the direction that I'm headed. What do you think about this this possession issue? Okay, so when I initially saw this line, first things first, what you have to realize is that the game one line opened at 219. Then we went down to 216 and a half. Then we went down to 214 and a half. Now we're all the way down to 210 and a half. So when I initially saw this line, I initially thought over. And, you know, like a big reason why is because JJ said it, the shooting. However, House, like you said, these are slow-paced games. You had 91 possessions in game one, 86 possessions in game two, 91 possessions in game three. Now, you know, Warren Sharp always talks about this. He talks about the assumption of rational coaching. And it seems rational that Miami should probably speed up the pace and, and, and probably try to run and try to get some easy baskets. But I don't know for sure if they're going to do that or not. So, while my initial lean was towards the over, I don't want to have to rely on Miami making threes because that's what you're asking for. You're basically saying, Miami, if you want this game to go over, they got to hit their threes. They got to hit 40% from three. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen. And you're also asking for Miami to go to the free throw line 15 to 20 times. I'm not sure of that. So that's why I initially just went with the Denver Nuggets team total over because you need, it, it takes two to tango. And I, I just don't know if, if Miami is up for the task. Well, boys, they shot 37% from the field in game three. Mm-hmm. They were 11 to 35 from three. Vincent was one of six. Struess was one of four. Robinson hit a bunch. It felt like late in the game when the game was over. So you could take his three of six. It felt like it meant absolutely nothing. And, and Caleb Martin went two of five. And Butler, one of four. But Butler's not going to shoot a lot of threes to begin with. I think Miami, 40% is a good number, but I'm telling you right now, they're at 37%. They will shoot at least 44% in this game, in my opinion, on Friday night. JJ, to your point, I actually do lean over, and a big reason why is because this is a desperation game. And, like, if this game is, you know, like, let's just say, this is not going to be one of those games where you're going to have extended garbage time and Miami's going to quit. I mean, they're going to foul... Like, it's going to be a lot of fouls down the stretch because Miami can't afford to go down 3-1. So I do agree with you. You're, you're over. I do. Oh, this okay. is... I'm personally so, not playing this, it. So this is good. This is why I, I wanted to sort of go through this exercise because now I'm starting to feel a little more uh, comfortable. I wanted, I wanted to play the the over, but the number of possessions, the, the, those are under numbers. 91, 86, 91. Those are under. Like, there's not enough possessions. It requires... Too much execution uh, in ter- in, and efficiency scoring-wise. I'm not worried about Denver. And part of the thing that we saw last night in terms of how they handled their business, like that that total was never really in, in doubt, never in jeopardy, the under in that total, except for Miami hit a bunch of garbage points like in the last, you know, three minutes. They made, you know, two or three threes that 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 made it look like it was, you know, w- within reach. It never really was in reach. I mean, Denver and and, and the, the Denver's scoring and the under uh pathway were, were, was was kind of the lock all, all the way through that game. Anyway, I'm I'm now on the over. I'm playing the over. I'm just announcing it right now. I'm on the over and playing the over. That's it. I'm going to buy Jay what JJ's selling with Miami. It doesn't take Miami shooting much better and I love what you're selling dream in terms of 
that desperation idea and the fouls at the end of the game. The, the, the free throws are the friend of an overbetter. Let's get some free throws in game four, baby. And another thing to note here, boys, this game's tight. Listen, not to be all conspiracy theorists on you. I think the NBA would like the idea of having a little bit more basketball and at least getting this series to Thursday night if push comes to shove. So that's something to be aware of. Are we going to see the uh, extender? <laughs> we might Scott see Foster? the extender. Friday night Foster? Uh, and, and my advice, by the way, to anybody who likes Miami in the game, and, and I don't love them for what it's worth because I'm concerned with what I saw in game three. I think they're going to be better. I, I do acknowledge, though, Denver's the better team. And I even felt this way after game two. I think Denver's going to win the series. I think there is absolutely no point in taking three and a half points with the Miami Heat. Don't bother. Miami will either lose this game and not cover the number, or they will win the game outright. Miami, to me, Raheem, they're not losing by one or two or three points in this game. That's just my take. I think if the game is that tight, Miami finds a way to win. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, and we all know the trends about teams who win versus covering the spread. So that's, that makes sense to me. Okay, House, prop standpoint, what are we doing? I'm just going back to the well. I mean, for, for game three, it was Murray and, and, and the Joker. Why wouldn't I do that again? Like, you know, the, 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 you, you can't drive those numbers up high enough for, for when, when the Joker is getting over 60 points, rebounds, <laughs> assists with these completely unprecedented uh, triple doubles. I mean, we'll save it for the pod father because I know that, that you know, his Sunday night pods with Rosillo. They really go through, let's put this in the context of, of true NBA history. But I mean, if, if we're not talking about Larry Bird in the same breath as, as the Joker, just based on this performance or the Joker in the same breath as Larry Bird, I don't know what we're doing because I haven't seen a player with the capacity to see the floor and anticipate the way the floor is going to behave skill level wise, vision wise, IQ wise. Since Larry Bird, and that's what we're getting out of the Joker right now, in, in my humble opinion. So I, oh, I for love sure, Raheem's not going to like this. By the way, you're not going to like this, Raheem. <laughs> the fact that they were putting him in the same sentence as this guy is insulting to the Joker. And I love him. B. It you is, know, I mean, I'm an Embiid guy. I'm not gonna lie. I, I agree. Good. I agree. Good. I, I'm I mean, not trying I mean, to rag I've, on I've, Philly. I've well gotten past. <laughs> I've well gotten past the point where I can be just biased towards Embiid. I mean, and we saw that in the postseason. Like Embiid let us down. So. It's unfortunate, but Jokic is on a, an entirely different tier than Joel Embiid. Oh, amen to that. And listen, I like Joel Embiid. I'm a big fan of Joel Embiid, but not in the same sentence as the Joker. Not fair to the Joker. Uh, Raheem, anything you like from a prop standpoint? For me, I'm going back to this well because he was good to me in game two. I'm going right back in game four. Max Struess is every other Max. That's kind of what it's been boiling down every to. Every other Max. We went from other, every other Davis. Every other Max. I am taking Max Struess to hit at least three threes in this game. How about that? Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Um, I think you almost have to go. You have to go with Gabe Vincent uh, over two and a half threes. I mean, he's 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 going to have the volume, and they're going to need him to make those threes. I mean, he was two for ten from the field in game three, one for six from the field. So, um, I would go with that one. House, I assume you're on the Nuggets in this game? I am. I mean, you know, I'm a, I've, I've been on the Nuggets every game. So, and, and, you know. What's I, changing? I, exactly. And I and I continue to think this is a 4-1 or 4-2 series at most. I have tickets on both of those outcomes. So, uh, you know, this is. The, the, it was disturbing, the defensive lack of, you know, whatever happened to Denver in, in with the, in the, the significant lapse 
in effort, focus, whatever it was. But I think they're back on point. You know, in addition to Mike Malone calling him out, there were stories about Jeff Green having a family dinner. I really do think there's a chemistry thing with this Denver team. I think they like each other. I really do. Oh, I think it's, it's a great, you can see like the support they have across the board. You could see how excited they were. Christian Brown, Braun, whatever game, you know, they, they, they were very, very supportive. I, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it is the, it's the Bill Simmons book of basketball, the secret. It's that chemistry. They have it right now. So I'm, I'm just going to keep riding this Denver team. I'm saying a prayer here. I need a Miami win. I'm not even betting it, but to really end up having the most profitable NBA finals for me, it would behoove the Heat to go and win game four. And that way, all right, whatever happens, happens. I have it covered every which way. And then the Nuggets go and win the next two games. That actually, you want to talk about best case scenario for me. Heat win game four. Nuggets win five and six. Let's end the NBA season. How about that? That's what I'm rooting for. Let's end it right then and there. (laughs) Heat tomorrow. Sorry, Raheem. Sorry, House. And then Nuggets, 5-6, and away we go. All right, we we'll Mike Joyce from FanDuel TV to get you ready for the Belmont Stakes. And then Raheem has a little nugget to send you on your way with the big boxing fight coming up this weekend. So we got a lot more coming up right after this. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back here on East Coast Bias. We now complete the Triple Crown cycle as we get ready for the Belmont Stakes coming up this weekend. Mike Joyce, who has been with us every step along the way at Churchill Downs, at the Preakness, now is going to get us set for the lengthy Belmont Stakes. Mike, welcome back. How are you, my man? I'm good. I got to get you guys a winner. I'm over two, uh, so I'm a little I'm a little apprehensive here. So I got to come strong with the Belmont. See, I don't like that attitude. I, I think you got a winner in you. I think the third time is the charm. And I expect nothing but the best from you. And listen, nailing these races, not an easy thing to do. Um, Let's start here, though. Belmont, it's a longer track. It's a different track. Does that change the handicap significantly, knowing that, like, certain horses have to be wired a certain way in order to go and win this event? 100%. They have to be wired a certain way. They have to be built a certain way. They have to be bred a certain way. Uh, they call the Belmont Stakes the test of a champion because it's a mile and a half in distance. For most of the horses that run in the Belmont, they'll never run this far again. There are very few races in American thoroughbred racing that are a full mile and a half anymore. Uh, they run the Brooklyn Stakes, which is also this weekend um, for older horses. But, you know, that gets a handful of horses in there. And every once in a while, you'll see horses that will go at a mile and a half or a mile and three quarters. But for the stature of this race is the only grade one at a mile and a half on the dirt and Belmont, the racetrack was built to have mile and a half. The, the jockey club gold cup, which is a famous race that we won't get in the weeds of, but that used to be a two mile long race. So when they built this racetrack, they were thinking of these longer distances because there was more prestige to it. The games changed a little bit, but the Belmont stakes remains one of the most important races in the world at a mile and a half. And the mile and a half now, it's a little different as opposed to being the test of a champion and something that all horses had to do. Now it's become a race that only a very elite few 
can do. And because of that, the luster is actually, in some respects, more. Even though we don't have a triple crown on the line, you're still really wanting to see who can do this. It's such a hard race to win. Who can actually get there? It's almost, and I'm doing a little cross-sport comparison, it's kind of like the U.S. Open in some regards in golf, where they're going to make the conditions as tough as humanly possible for the best golfers in the world. And it's like, all right, deal with crazy thick raw for right. crazy long par fours or greens that you can't stick. Like the the same sort of deal. You like the lengthier race with the Belmont Stake? Are you a fan that 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 the third leg of the Triple Crown is longer than the other two races? I actually love like the history behind the Belmont because there were times like a hundred years ago where the Belmont was a more prestigious race than the Kentucky Derby. Um, and for New Yorkers and New Yorkers really into the, the racing industry, there's some of them that consider the Belmont as equal to or even a better race than the Derby. The Derby's a spectacle. You have 20 horses and they're all going a mile and a quarter for the first time. But the Belmont, that's, I mean, that's where you got real chops, right? A lot of horses don't even try to go to the Belmont because of the distance. A lot of people don't want to, you know, push their horse that hard trying to get a race where there's no triple crown on the line, something along those lines. But, you know, a trainer like Todd Pletcher, he's going to saddle the favorite and the second choice. He's got the top two. Forte, who is the horse that scratched on Derby Day because of a foot bruise, and then Tappet Trice, they're going to be the top two, two choices. And um, Forte's owned in part by uh, Mike Rapoli. He was a guy, he almost, he tried to buy the Mets a few years ago. Vitamin he's water, St. John's, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So he's, you know, he's in New York. He won the Belmont last year. He actually finished one, two in the Belmont last year. Um, so this is a race that means a lot to him. The other part of that ownership is Vinny Viola who owns the Florida Panthers. So even though he's got a, got a, his hockey teams in the Stanley cup, he's probably going to be at Belmont on Saturday watching his horse run. I mean, that's how big this race is for that side of the country. And Todd Pletcher, of course, he's been the best trainer in New York for 25 years. He's been the best trainer in the country for 20 years. Um, and this is going to be a race that means a lot to him. And he, he once again, won it last year as well. So it's, it's one of those races where people only pay attention outside of the industry when a triple crown's on the line, but in and of itself, it's one of the, it's one of the best races in the game bar. All right. As far as the two favorites, you mentioned Forte, you mentioned Tappet Trice. Who do you like more out of those two? And it's like picking between your kids here. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I'm, I'm going Forte. For a couple of reasons. One, he's training really well. Um, Mike Welsh works for the Daily Racing Forum. He does the clocking at, at New York and in Florida during the winters, but he's one of the best in the game at clocking horses, giving you analysis of their workouts. Um, Forte, he said, was going the better of the two. I mean, he was just really running through his screen and he looks like he's ready for a race. I think skipping the Derby. In some ways, the silver lining for him, like nobody wants to miss the Derby, but not having a run in the Derby, he's a really fresh horse coming into Belmont. And I think that's going to help him. He's got so much talent and ability. That's going to help him get that mile and a half. I don't think he's the kind of horse that's going to be too keen early and, and waste too much energy in the early stages of the race. That being said, Tappet Trice, since this horse first won a race, everybody has been looking at him as a potential Belmont horse. His pedigree says a mile and a half. His sire Tappet won the Belmont this is a horse who was built for the mile and a half distance and everyone thinks he's the best mile and a half horse in the race. So you're, you're six and one half dozen the other. You've got the more talented horse who might be fresher versus the horse who really looks like this is his game. This is the horse that's built and bred for a mile and a half. And Todd Fletcher is, you know, playing with the stacked deck because he's got both of them. Okay. You have those two horses. Is there one from a long shot perspective? Uh, maybe a little bit more value 
that you would circle come Saturday here and say, you know what? This is where I got to put some eggs in the basket. Yeah. So here's the thing. And it's, I don't, I mean, it's, it's a horse who's 10 to one, but it's a horse named Hitcha who I was one of the horses I liked going into the Kentucky Derby. He was actually my Derby horse. Cause we, we all have our Derby horses along the way, like January, February, when these horses start going, we're all making like top 10 lists and you know, we go a little overboard with it. Uh, but that's half the fun. He was one of my number one horses earlier in, in the, in the process. And after his race before the Kentucky Derby, I backed off a little bit cause he lost that race. Uh, his Derby actually wasn't that bad. He flattened out a little bit. Um, which is concerning because it, it questions whether or not he'll get more distance than he had to get in the, in the Kentucky Derby. But I feel like, you know, he had the rail in the Kentucky Derby. He had a lot to deal with. There's 20 horses. There's a lot more than just the distance that can sap a horse's energy in that race. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a mulligan there. And he finished fifth. It's not like he finished terribly. Like fifth in a field with, of 18 horses is pretty good. Um, and he skipped the Preakness and now he's coming in. So Hitcho 10 to one morning line for Brad Cox. Brad Cox is one of the you know hottest trainers in the, in the country for the last five years. He's Eclipse award winning trainer. He's very good. So he's like the champion trainer from a year ago. I think that Hitcho, if there's an upsetter at 10 to one, and I think you'll get every bit of that because they're going to bet the two Pletcher horses pretty well. Hitcho at 10 to one, I'm going to work him into all my exotic wagers. I'm going to have him on top in a few things, uh, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use him in exactos and trifectas. If he hits the board, I want to make sure I'm in a position where I've, I'm, I've got him and I'm going to get rewarded for it. So he's definitely one that I'm going to pay attention to. So with Hitch Show, Mike, would you suggest waiting closer to race time? If that's somebody that you like, if that's a play you want to make, or would you get that Would you get that 10 to 1 now, or do you think you could get a better number come Friday or Saturday? Well, here's here's the thing with paramutual racing. You're, you're stuck with the odds that they go out of the gate with. So if you bet them now, you're getting the odds that they get a post time. Okay. So... Um, See, this is the tutorial it, for me. This is what you learn all the time. You know, this is why I'm new to the game. Yeah. Well, that, that's the beauty. So it's paramutual versus bookmaking. So paramutual wagering, you're betting against everybody's money. Um, so like the, all the money goes in the pool, the house takes out its VIG and then everything else goes back to the winning better. Um, as opposed to, you know, regular sports betting where you're betting against the house. The beauty of that is in sports betting, the people make the market and the lines respond in horse racing. The people are the market, right? Like there's no response like that in real time is what's going on. So you have a more responsive and, you know, by the second idea of what's going on. Um, there are big odd changes at last seconds, which adds the excitement adds to the frustration. The thing about the Belmont though, and same with the Kentucky Derby, there's so much money in that pool. By the time you get to, you know, 10 minutes to post, those odds ain't changing. Like that, there, there's millions upon millions upon millions of dollars already in that pool. I mean, it would take, it would take Bill Gates type money to move a number, any significant amount at that point. So what you're seeing with Hit Show or what you're seeing with any of these horses at about 10 minutes to post for the Belmont, that's probably what you're getting to post time. You don't got to worry about that, that odds change, but Hit Show at 10 to one or higher is a win bet for me. Um, that's a horse that I'm going to just, if he's 10 to one or higher, if you're going to, if you're going to let me make, you know, plus a thousand on him, then I'm going to bet him right there. If he's not, if he's, you know, plus 600 plus 700 plus 800, somewhere in there, I'm still using him. And there's ways, there's a million different ways to bet a horse race. You know, you can play, you know, pick threes and doubles landing on that race. So you're, you got to be right in the previous races, but if you're right, make sure I have him. And then, you know, exact as trifecta is the top two, top three finishers. I'm going to use him in all spots. Uh, because I do think Forte probably wins. He's going to be my, my pick to win the race. 
Um, I don't think you're going to get a very good price on him, but I just think, you know, he was the champion two year old. He's got so much talent. He really missed a shot in the Derby, but because of that, I think he might be better for this. All right. We're going with Forte to win the race. How about yeah. you give us a trifecta here to play? What is the trifecta I can play on Saturday? So Forte to win, we're locking that in and then we're going to figure out a trifecta. All right. So follow me here. You're going to use Forte, Tapa okay. Trice and hit show on top. So you're going to have those three horses in the first spot, and you're going to have those three horses in the second spot. And then okay. in the third spot, I'm going to throw in Red Route 1, who's 15-1, who's a horse I liked in the Derby. I'm not giving up on him. And then I'm going to throw in Archangel in the third spot. So you're going to – this is – This is advanced-level stuff, though, but I'm writing this down right now because now I know how to play it on Saturday. i got to make sure I got the numbers right. We walk up to the, num- the window. You're going to go – I'm going to get a trifecta wheel, uh, 267 with 267 – with uh, two, four, six, seven, nine. Easy enough. That's not as complicated as I thought it was going to be, Mike. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So you need any combination of those three horses to run one, two. If it's if it's tap tap at Trice and Forte one, two, it's not going to have as much of a return. But you're just kind of protecting yourself and hoping Hit Show finishes first or second in there. And you're protecting yourself with those two horses. And then for third in the in the Belmont at a mile and a half, I'm you know I'm throwing in a horse who I know is a grinder and red route one who's just going to pick up some pieces at a huge number because he's fifteen to one on the morning line. So you just it's impossible almost to handicap for third. Like oh who's going to finish third? I mean there's so many things that happen in the body of a race that the horse who was third best might finish last. The horse who was third best might win. It's really, really hard to figure out who's going to finish third. You get some horses just like picking up pieces late, what we call a garbage collector, just kind of picking up the horses who are fading out and they just run third at a, at a number. So it's a little more difficult, but you just kind of, you take a little bit of a stab there and you try to get a return. Mike, thanks so much for all your time and perspective throughout this triple crown race. Uh, I know you'll be into it on Saturday. I'll have the trifecta in. Uh, it's nice. It's a good time of the year. Belmont Stakes, little Yankees, Red Sox, NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup going on. Uh, you feel like you've hit the end of the road here? Are you ready for summer racing? What's the deal? Are you kidding me? We're just getting warmed up. We've got Del Mar coming up around the corner. I spend the good chunk of my summer down in Del Mar right outside of San Diego. It's the most beautiful track in the world. You're on the beach. You've got the best racing in California for seven weeks. I mean, this is we're just getting warmed up. That's what I'm talking about. Mike, thanks so much for the time, man. Continued success, and we'll chat soon, all right? All right. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. All right, boys, before we say goodbye, Raheem, you insisted that we get in on this. We got a big boxing fight coming up this week. So I please enlighten. What do I got to know? What do we got to know? And let's take it from there. Okay, you have the big fight between Josh Taylor and Timo Fimo Lopez taking place this Saturday night. Timo Fimo Lopez plus 162 against Josh Taylor. I personally like Josh Taylor. Lay, lay it with Josh Taylor. You can find him at Minus 210 on FanDuel. There's some other spots that have him at minus 180. I think he's too big for, for Teofimo Lopez. I mean, when you look at Teofimo Lopez, since he's moved to 140, he's not, he hasn't been the same guy. And, you know, his father's his trainer. It's not really, it's not really going well with him. He's not mentally tough. It's just, this is just a bad matchup. I think Josh Teller should be able to beat him up inside. And honestly, if you're looking for a longer shot, you can get Josh Teller by KO at plus 230 on FanDuel right now. I think he probably stops him. So I like those two this weekend. I like that plus money right there. I like that plus money. House, I can't wait. I I didn't know this until you dropped it in the chat. You will be at the U.S. Open next week. True story, JJ. I will be out there, boots on the ground, trying to come up with some actual, you know, firsthand 
knowledge about, you know, the, the best way to, to, to create a little bit of value. We're going to have cards that are a little bit larger than normal. I think it's going to be a tremendous week, though. The weather looks great. So knock on wood that it stays that way. And this golf course, wait till you see this thing. It's primetime golf. It's West Coast golf. Wait till you see this treasure, this American treasure. If you're a golf nerd or if you're just like, like you know, golf as a casual person, you're going to be amazed by, by the, the, the architecture, the way this thing looks. It doesn't look like it belongs in Los Angeles necessarily, but it, it's beautiful. And, and we're going to really be drilling down into some guys that, that could win this thing. We, we need another winner after your Kepka at the PGA Championship, J.J., Yes, we do. I'm in the web. Before we started this podcast, I was actually scrolling through on FanDuel a couple of the guys I like. And this is a way too early pick. House, this is not official. Raheem, this is not official. What do you think, House, about Mr. Morikawa at 19-1? Man. He just, he withdrew from the last round of the Memorial with back spasms. He never experienced back spasms before in his life. He did physio of some sort. He went out to the range. He started hitting balls, and he had some kind of speed. He, he had the spasms in the gym, and then he came out to see if he could go. I don't like the guy who had the back spasms the back week problems. before. See, that's this, the only knock. That's totally fair. I'm just I'm looking into the Cali guys, and Homa is going to be on everybody's mind, and I think yeah. he's going to be way too trendy, and therefore I'm not going to bet him because everybody and their mother is going to bet him. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. We got Game 40 NBA Finals on Friday night. Big boxing for Raheem Saturday. I got a little Yankees Red Sox. And then we have the U.S. Open next week at the L.A. Country Club. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. Raheem, House, JJ, the boys signing off. Enjoy your weekend. Cash some tickets. Somebody's got to win. Be good, everybody. <laughs>